What up, everybody? This is your May 4th podcast because we're not recording after the well after this we're going to record but we we're going to be ahead of time <laughs> welcome everybody to another angry wargamer podcast i am your host jason the angry wargamer and it's me and drew again tonight what's up i hope i didn't blow out your ears with the intro <laughs> so we had to anyway today is may 1st so we've rolled into may and like we said, this will be your May 4th podcast. So may the 4th be with everybody. <laughs> Not to get too religious and all, you know. <laughs> oh, man. So as most, most of you don't know, because I've kept it off the show, um, I am having surgery on the 4th for a dual disc replacement. So... Um, you guys get to hear my pretty, pretty voice until, like Drew put it, I get throat fucked by the doctor. <laughs> so, want to say hi, Drew, and give us an update on you? I mean, at least if you go back on afterwards, you'll sound like Emperor Palpatine, sort of. I don't know. I'm trying to get some sort of value out of this. Um, hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, I already said hi earlier, but I'll say hi again. Oh, yeah. Um Update wise, I mean, uh, other than getting a random free forty-two inch television, um, I I got nothing new. I'm, I'm constructing new EDH decks like I usually do because I'm in a constant state of brewing at one point or another, either for EDH or popper. As far as video games are concerned, I don't know if I'm waiting for anything specific. I don't know. I mean, I know the bravely default uh, or not bravely default. Fuck. Uh, ah, pro- the the new uh, Octopath. Uh, 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 Final Fantasy Tactics S game isn't coming out until next year, so I ain't got nothing to look forward to otherwise. Yeah, speaking of bravery default, I finally beat the Berserker. So we've moved on to. Cha- I thought I was in Chapter Two, but it gave me the Chapter Two screen. So I don't know. Um, maybe they got it wrong, but I beat the Berserker and I'm moved on to the next town, uh, and then. I've maxed out. So <laughs> I originally got my ass beat by the Berserker, like, badly. Like, I don't know what the fuck happened. Like, he was just murking me. And then I went out, leveled up, maxed out everyone's first main class. Then I started to work on the second classes, so I had some other, like, abilities and stuff. And I really, really like Beastmaster. And I have Beastmaster tied in with uh, my White Mage, so I set her as a white mage and then the Beastmaster as the secondary class. And, dude, with the MP saver and the ability to, like, send out the tamed animals, like, it's, it's just awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. I like Bravery Default, too. I just haven't put more time into it. Um, I did order Star Ocean from 2016 on the PS4. Um, I got it for 14 bucks at GameStop, and the guy was trying to tell me, you gotta get it now before it becomes too expensive, because all those JRPGs, they, they shoot up in price, and I was like, uh, you're telling me you don't have one in store, so I'll just order it off your website, right? And they're like, yeah, and I was like, okay, I mean, it's only 14 bucks, the guy's like, what? Oh, there's only two in the area? I said, okay, I'll order one right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the fuck, dude, like, it's 14 bucks, 
So he ended up ordering it for me, and I ended up paying 20 because I paid to ship it to my house so I didn't have to go pick it up at the store. So, and then I got to pick up uh, Pokemon Snap. I'm probably going to pick it up tomorrow because I got there. I got to fucking GameStop early today, and I didn't want to wait 40 minutes for them to open. So I was like, fuck that. I went home, and uh, I'll just pick it up tomorrow. <laughs> so that's video game-wise stuff for me. Oh, I, I guess I have other stuff, too. I picked up my pre-order of Bellacore that is sold out online with GW right now. So who knows when it's going to go back in stock. But I got my hands on one, and this fucking miniature is massive. Like, straight massive. So it's fun to put together. It's like him. So the miniature, the body of the miniature itself is the same size as the base. Put them together. They are just taller than a coffee cup. And then he has wings to go on top of that. <laughs> He's a massive fucking model. <laughs> is it a Primark or a Demon Prince? It's, well, okay, so it's the size of a Primark, but he's the first Demon Prince, if you go by the lore. Uh, Bellicor was the first guy to get all the favor of all the gods of, in fantasy. I don't know what his lore in 40K is, but for the, his fantasy lore. And then he turned his back on all of them because he wanted, like just all of their powers so they've just kind of kept giving him their powers and then he turned his back on all of them he's he's the first legit demon prince um ever in the lore and they no finally, shit. yeah and they finally gave him his size in the model his rules are pretty fucking nutty too but um he's not as powerful as the primarchs so the way i read his rules my understanding is he's basically a dumbed down version of what Mortarion is for my Death Guard. Mortarion got, has more special rules and stuff, but he's just he's just as powerful and has like two less wounds. So I don't I don't know if like I'll probably end up using him at some point, but uh, like game wise, but he just fucking he's gonna be a showpiece for a little bit. <laughs> so yeah. Well, if you think about it, a lot of those Primark figs are fucking like showpieces in their own right like anything that that's that large like you're barely ever going to really field it like even with abaddon abaddon isn't technically uh, like you can field him but like all the rules and shit it wouldn't be worth it like those things are definitely showpieces well so they changed it up a little bit so mortarion himself like right now playing with him rules wise they're gonna he's going to be strong like he, not going to be strong, he is strong. He's actually, like, wrecking the meta right now. And everybody was worried that um, he was, like, Death Guard because they changed their um, army rule with Disgustingly Resilient. They changed the rules. Everyone's like, oh, they suck now. They do this, they do that. But they've won out of the last, like, six tournaments that were had. They've placed in, like, the top five every time. So, Yeah. I, I don't know like <laughs> it's funny because like I was playing them they were good and then they kind of like lost their way in the meta and this is just over the last like couple years and then they got the new codex with the ninth edition stuff and they just fucking exploded back to the top it's kind of ridiculous it's if you look at the list though like out of the top 10 armies like you there's a very good balance very good balance of armies so like at any given time anything can win Except for, I think, Tau. I think Tau got shit on pretty hard. But they haven't gotten a new codex yet. So, But the Space Marine factions 
Eldar are still doing fantastic. Um, Knights are doing good still. Uh, Admech are doing good, which are like the, you know, the guys from Mars. Not Space Marines, but like more robotic people. Uh, Necrons are placing. So it's, it's crazy to see this much like diversity in tournaments. Like usually you like one or two creep up to the top and then like that's it until somebody spots something in like an older codex that just wrecks the meta. How about Tyranids and Orcs? Orcs are placing too. Yeah, Tyranids you don't see all too, all too often. You used to see them last edition, uh, but this edition it doesn't look like anybody's playing Tyranids. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, people are collecting though. I see people painting them. I just don't see them on the table. Um, and you'll never see custodi- uh, custodies or uh, sororitas, which are the the sisters of battle. You'll never see those two armies played because they're just so niche and don't have the like choices to build a balanced list around. You have to really be specific with those lists. So makes sense. Yeah. So whatever. But they're they're getting sisters or sisters of battle are getting new units. They teased them, um, not teased them. They announced them. They just haven't pre like they're not for pre order yet. They're getting a full new unit and another like captain style model, which is what they need to be honest, because they literally have one troop choice, a dedicated transport, a dreadnought, and then everything else is like captain style HQ models. <laughs> they don't have like they don't have a spread of anything. <laughs> so, Fair enough. Yeah, they look cool though. Uh, what was I going to say? All right. Let's move into some of our topics then. Oh, uh, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've noticed it. Pokemon is actually starting to be found on shelves now. And all that talk we we were having about magic being scalped, it's not true. It just didn't hit the shelves yet because of all the other shit that was going on, I think. So, well, yeah, I mean, a lot of that stuff takes a bit to shift over now because of the random nature of the uh, the, the vendors showing up at places because of the fucking scalpers for Pokemon and baseball or sports cards. A lot of them like they only do like bulk drops now. So if a new set comes out for MTG, you're not going to see any of the new stuff probably until the following week from when, uh, when the set actually drops. Yeah, which is fine. I ended up picking up the last commander deck I was missing. And I picked up two collector's boosters after I said we weren't going to be buying those. (laughs) Uh, I picked up three collector's boosters, and I haven't gotten shit in them. Um, I've gotten some good Strixhaven stuff, but nothing that I couldn't have gotten out of, like, three packs would have been, you know, four packs of collector's boosters is a whole box of Strixhaven. So... um, yeah. I mean, you'd be better served wasting your money on the uh, the draft and the set boosters because at least with the set boosters you can get list cards, and then the draft ones they just have the same they 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 have less of a chance of getting extra shit, but you still get access to the mythical archive stuff. You still potentially get foils, you get tokens, you get all the other stuff. So for four ninety nine, I don't think anybody's going to really argue with that value. And for an extra dollar for the set boosters, it's even it's it's not even that much of a of a of a jump up. Plus, you get yeah. the random art cards too. Does the the set boosters don't have the Japanese cards? And 
this sounds dumb, but I really want to chase that demonic Japanese tutor. And the only way to do that is to buy those set booster or those collector's boosters or find a Japanese box. But Japanese boxes are ridiculous in price. So um, I'm going to I'm going to personally buy maybe once a month a collector Strixhaven booster just for the chance of drawing that card. Because right now, singles wise, I'd buy it singles wise, but singles wise, it's like at 500 bucks. <laughs> so for the regular foil. Uh, I think it's the foil one. I'm just chasing a regular one. I mean, I can look up the price. The price is fucking ridiculous on it. I imagine. Dude, the the Japanese prices for War of the Spark were fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I just really like that Demonic Tutor, though. Like, the art on that card is just fucking phenomenal. And it'll fit in my deck. Like, um, it's not like it's going to be sitting, like, you know, on a shelf somewhere. Oh, I take that back. The card is at 234, the regular version. That's still a I mean, $200 still card. Yeah. You'd be better served just chasing it just chasing it with the collector's boosters, I guess. And if you get extra shit that you can't do anything with, sell it off on TCG player or uh Yeah. Uh, or, or trade it to other people. By the way, go through our TCG player affiliate link to get all of your TCG player needs. No matter what game you play, jump directly into our link for that extra for that extra help you give us. Thank you very much. Yeah. Go, oh, for Yu-Gi-Oh people, like the Ghost of the Past set, those singles tanked just as hard as Strixhaven did. So if you want singles to actually play the game with and you're not chasing those ghost rares, definitely buy your singles through that TCG player link. Not just because you're helping us, but because that set is so cheap right now. So cheap. <laughs> so, if anything, Gotta like... about that. What? Got to warn Orlando about that. <laughs> yeah, dude. The most expensive card in that set, I when I looked at it today, I think was about 17 bucks. I don't even know what the card... Like, I, I'm not big on what the Yu-Gi-Oh cards do or anything like that. But every other card is like... He, it's like a Mythic Dragon and then the rest of the set for Yu-Gi-Oh. It's like... You know, like the Mythic Dragons for Strixhaven, it's like that for Yu-Gi-Oh! right now. There's like one or two cards at the top that aren't Ghost Rares, and then you have the rest of them that are $5 less and sub sub that. Most of them are like a dollar, and like sub a dollar in that set. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. And if I... Okay, so I was looking at this. Even if I wanted my own Demonic Tutor, and if I was going to pay the money for it, I would just get the Double Masters full art one for 100 I wouldn't even waste the money on the full art, but I know you want it for for lulls, so you do you. I just want it to be like, hey, look what I got. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that, dude. Do what you got to do. <laughs> if I ever come into a shit ton of money, you damn well know I'm buying a dual land. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. So my collection's growing, though, and I'm I'm happy with what I've got. And like I said, I have not complaining about anything. I do have to move some of my more expensive cards that I have doubles of just because I don't need doubles of them. You know what I mean? Because if I'm going to be playing EDH, like I don't need doubles of these expensive cards. So I need to start selling off the stuff I have duplicates of or trade them off for stuff. So. Well, it depends on what direction you're going. Once you're done with your one deck, if you want to build another one, uh, just tell me if there's anything you need specifically, because like after Thursday, I'm a free agent. My ass will drive up there to do to do trading with. I'll bring all my binders if I need to. Nice. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do after um, 
the stack stuff. I've, I've got Oloro in. I got a couple other cards, but then those couple other cards I picked up were under a dollar or a dollar and under, and I ended up getting them in the Demir Challenge deck. So I have extra cards now. <laughs> so I'm just going to hold on to that shit. But um, I definitely got Oloro in, and then I got to start looking at... I'm going to work focus on the lands for a little bit, and then after the lands, I'll start focusing on... I guess my creature base, my creature base and my, um, what's it called? And then I'll worry about my draw and instance and sorceries. I think the draw is going to cost me the most because I really want to get into the Necropotence, Phyrexian Arena, Greed, kind of go dive into those. Maybe like throwing in like an opt from bl the blue side. I mean, if, if anything, I'm going to turn into a complete asshole. Oh, I got to worry about my enchantments, too. I need some extortion stuff. That's the other thing, too, which will come with, my, I guess, my creature base. But, yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into some stuff. <laughs> I'm talking about magic. We talk about magic forever. <laughs> Speaking of, I don't know if you've noticed this, but have you noticed there's a lot more paper magic on Twitch? I didn't notice that. I haven't really been on... Uh on on it for that express purpose but that's cool yeah a lot of people are doing spell table and then streaming it on twitch they're like streaming their pods and stuff which i guess doesn't matter because of all the hot tub girls <laughs> well what are you gonna watch busty mm. women or are you gonna watch people slinging cardboard that's that's really the question i don't know there's so much shit. so twitch with the last week or two had like a press release something there was like um you know a state of twitch type thing and all they did was talk about nothing had some random guy on with like that djs on twitch he's apparently one of like the one of the top twitch streamers i guess and um he didn't talk about anything played some music and then they didn't address anything like the hot tub streamers or uh, how people were getting banned for no reason. They didn't. They didn't address anything. So Twitch is going to stay the way Twitch is. <laughs> oh, but they're going to do whatever they want to do. <laughs> this is the gist that people got from it. So, but a lot of streamers are starting to really complain about it because the hot tub streams are getting like fourteen thousand views, and some of these streamers are barely getting like five views now. Clearly, Twitch has made their decision. If I were if I were those individuals, I'd find other streaming platforms and just say fuck it. I don't. But see, at some point, you have to wonder if it's their content. Because <laughs> some people will legit watch people play games. Like I'll watch people play uh, Mario Maker all day. So will I. But I only watch like the little uh, like there's a, there's a channel on YouTube called Nintendo Thumb, and the, they post uh, cooler. Um, Mario Maker and Mario Maker 2 levels all the time. And I'll watch those. It's kind of a fun little thing. I'm not going to sit there and watch people play all day, but I definitely like to have the little, uh, little you know, five to ten minute hits of somebody playing, especially because yeah. the person who plays those games does them really mediocrely. So it's like, I can get angry while I watch them play and be like, you missed that jump. It was so fucking obvious. <laughs> I do that with Dashy. <laughs> I watch Dashy and I get mad at him. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> Backseat uh, driving like we always do on streams. It's just is what it is. 
I know, I know. I did start live streaming a lot more on uh, TikTok, which has been kind of fun. A lot of people jump in and then we just talk about shit. And then, uh, you were in one of them when I started shit talking the gaming goat. <laughs> I was shit talking the gaming goat to Grognard. <laughs> Shocker. Oh, man. I literally, dude, I could have been on shit talking them for like another five hours. <laughs> so, oh, man. I got to find the right time to do it. It seems like midday I'll get most viewers. I'm not really like hunting viewers, though. But every time I stream, I always end up leaving the stream with like three new followers, even though if I only have like one viewer which is weird. So I'm wondering if there's something in the algorithm that like pushes the stream to people or like pushes my channel to people when I go live. So I don't know. I'm going to start doing live walks after my surgery because <laughs> I need something to do. <laughs> Maybe I'll Be get careful. robbed. Shit. What? Be careful. You don't want to end up like perp. Yeah, right. I don't want to get kicked in the head. Nah, yeah, maybe I'll get robbed and everyone will witness a murder on stream, but it'll be me doing the killing. <laughs> it's not helping your credibility, man. No, no. <laughs> Aren't you injured? No, no, I can fully body slam. Just go back under the knife next week. It'll be all right. <laughs> I'm going to walk this off all later. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's see, let's see. Do you want to explain the Terry Crews Mother 3? Because that confused the shit out of me. Um, yeah, you got really confused about something that was really simple. So, uh, we'll just, I'll roll out, I'll roll it out for you because it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Terry Crews tweeted that they need to localize the Mother 3 game. Those who don't know what Mother 3 is, it's Earthbound sequel. That's literally it. The series in Japan is called the Mother series, Mother 1, 2, and 3. Mother 1 came out in the U.S. as Earthbound Beginnings on the Wii U through the Virtual Console. Earthbound came to the U.S. in the 90s and was a was a what what could only be described as a cult classic. And then Mother 3 was never officially localized. It came out on the uh, GBA in Japan and never made it to the U.S. officially. But they ended up making the, the fans ended up making a fan translation of it that everybody and their mother got access to. But still insists on having it officially localized and i'd laugh my ass off if by officially localized they just took the 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 the, the rom and basically just took the one that the fans made and just put it up on on uh, uh <laughs> on the e-shop that'd be pretty funny <laughs> nice like you did it right the first time why would we redo it it's not like the creator's planning on sending it over he didn't give a shit he's done earthbound is ness and lucas right Am I thinking yeah, right? uh, yeah, Ness is the first two games. Lucas is the sec is the third game. Yeah, I just it just confused the shit out of me because he's like, all he said in his tweet was localized Mother Three, and I'm like, what? And you know he's he posts a lot of like, uh, social justice warrior stuff and posts like a lot of like, um, abuse stuff and he talks a lot about that stuff. So like when he posted, I'm like, what the hell's Mother Three? I'm like, is this is this like a a charity or something. So then I had to look it up and I'm like, mother three is a video game. I'm like, what is this dude talking about? Like, <laughs> it just confused the crap out of me. So, but yeah, famous people are getting known for playing video games. Now 
like, um, oh man. <laughs> so Mike Trout is like known for playing Call of Duty. And people, like, ask him questions about Call of Duty while they're at the game. Like, they'll scream out to the field, like, left hand, right hand, and he'll, like, answer them with, like, left hand, right hand. And it's just, it's hilarious to watch. And then he's been mic'd up a few times where he talks to, like, players from the other team about playing Warzone. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then, and then you have people like T-Pain who play Warzone who get uh, harassed. I don't know. I don't know what T-Pain's name is. I think he might have put it or something. Somebody. So he was in a lobby. Somebody kept saying, just chanting BLM, BLM, BLM. And then, or something about BLM. And then another person just kept saying the N-word. And T-Pain like lost his shit. And every time he killed someone, he's like, I want you to delete all the black skins off your account. He's like, I want all this smoke. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> and he like cleared the map out. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> He's like, you all suck. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel like you need to have, like, you'd have to hide the fact that you're a gamer because anybody and their mother who wants to find your ass at that point so they can, you know, settle a beef, they're going to go out of their way to try and do that shit. I don't know. I just, I, th I don't know. There's a level of anonymity you want to have when you're trying to enjoy yourself. So, yeah, I mean, well, like, I the mean, whole uh, Ninja and Drake thing from years ago was always was a novelty, but at the same time, it's just like, then someone went and hacked Drake's account and then was fucking with Ninja. So, I mean, I, again, there's just, there's that risk-reward scenario you gotta play out in your head when you do that dumb shit. Well, so, T-Pain apparently streams, but I don't think he puts his screen names up. Like, obviously. And then Mike Trout, I know, I don't think anybody knows what his screen names are. And I mean, like, you got baseball players, basketball players. You know they're all playing it. You just don't know who they are. Like, <laughs> and if you ever did find out who they were, like, that's a whole other thing. Like, when you have popular streamers like Ninja and, like, Dr. Disrespect and, like, you recognize them and you know they're, like, even if they hide their screen name, by them talking to you, you can just tell who they are. Like, <laughs> But some of these famous people, like T-Pain, most people don't, you know, know what T-Pain sounds like, just talking to people. So. Well, I mean, you can shift it over even to your your f hobby of choice. Um, fucking, I, I'm not saying you've ever met him, but you know that Robin Williams was a 40K fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And from what I heard, he actually went to the bunker a couple times. He did. He, uh, he used to play a lot, but he never... He was more of like a local player. Like he would only he wouldn't like travel around. Like he would go to different places, but he wouldn't play at those places. You know what I mean? And I'm sure he had like security or he was well disguised or whatever, so people didn't recognize him. Cuz that, you know, that's what people do. Like well, back in the day, they didn't they didn't want the paparazzi following them, so they would just hide what they look like. Now, now they call the paparazzi to come follow them, to take pictures of them. You're like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Why are you making it easier for them? <laughs> Getting that tabloid bullshit. Yeah, well, I mean, Robin Williams not with us anymore. It's just kind of an interesting yeah. little aside for anybody who didn't already know. Yep. He From what I heard, there. too, his he, uh, his friend Billy Crystal was also into 40K as well, wasn't he? I did not hear that. But I knew, I knew Robin Williams played Eldar, and that's the only reason I own an Eldar Force. And I painted it in, like, a galaxy thing based on one of his quotes from, like, a movie. 
and I couldn't even tell you the quote. <laughs> um, so I painted, like, my whole army's painted, like, a galaxy theme, like, in honor to Robin Williams. So... It's funny because, like, I want to say, like, two or three years ago, his daughter Zelda was posting on Twitter about how they were uh, they were finally going through his um, fucking uh, public storage, and like, he had fucking piles of Japanese figs that he had still in packages, fucking unpainted uh, 40k stuff that he hadn't done anything with. And they were just getting rid of it. Like they were, I don't know if they sold it or if they were auctioning it off for charity, but like they, they weren't keeping any of it. And she was actually asking questions from people. It's like, well, what is this? What is this? I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Robin didn't try and drag you into his 40 K world because he yeah. knew better. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, not even that. Like I'm, I hope they auctioned it off because they auction it off and then give it to a charity or like an estate type thing. People would have paid good money just to know that it was owned by Robin Williams. Shit, if I would have known about it, I would have paid good money to know at least one model came from his collection. Hell yeah! Like that—that's a that'd be a mark of pride for you. Oh yeah, and that just that just screams collector. And yeah, especially yeah, of course I would I would hundred percent take my time or pay a Golden Demon winner to paint that model for me and I would I play with it. I would legit play, I would put it on a table and play with it just to be like this piece was owned by Robin Williams. <laughs> so. Well, dude, it's like it's like the fucking Alamogordo uh Atari cartridges. Like those are those are things that come with certificates of authenticity and you put those in fucking uh display cases. Yep. Yeah, I think it would be a disservice though for like you know, it's it's his their models, right? And the models that he owned, I bet you a lot of them were metal, like the old metal ones. And even without a cert- certificate of authenticity, like a receipt saying you got it from that auction, like I would still play with it. I think it would be a disservice to throw it in a case. I would legit play with the miniature. Well, and I think he would want that. Like he probably didn't have that shit in fucking storage. Because he, you know, wasn't planning on doing something with it at that point. He probably had a earmarked, uh, you know, either to paint it or to run it at some point. So, there, the, you you never know with that kind of stuff. Because I mean, the he, the decisions he made before then, I, again, you can't you can't ever know. Right. So, uh, I don't know. It's crazy. It, it's crazy. Like sometimes when you hear about these famous people getting into your hobby. Unless, of course, your name is Logan Paul and you're fucking up the Pokemon community. Then you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, well, from what <laughs> I'm hearing, the singles market and shit is all starting – it's all finally starting to pop. So yep. fuck him. But it, his effects weren't long-lasting, long so good. It's keeping some of the prices high, but modern product is definitely cheaper and is getting flooded so quickly it's just going to plummet the price. But vintage stuff, like we're talking about like – base set jungle set team rocket that stuff that stuff is still saying high quality or like high not high quality um high monetary value and like the pikachu the charizards from like the modern stuff like the rainbow stuff is staying pretty high um trying to think like what else everything else is pretty much dropped all the pieces that should be collector collectors pieces from the modern area have kept their value or dropped a little bit um 
like the fat Pikachu dropped to like 380. It's like 385 right now from the four 400 that it was sitting at. It didn't drop much, but it dropped a little bit in value. But it's most of that stuff kept its value because of the collectors. Um, like the collector piece of like part of it, because you're not going to use those to play the game. But this new set that the Pokemon company released, the battle styles, where scalpers were going out and buying it and then realized they're all like, well, this is shit. Like, this whole set is shit. But if you look at the cards in that set, it was designed for gameplay, not collectability. So just because there's nothing in there for you to collect does not mean that the thing is shit. It's actually a really good set for the game. So hopefully this is... well. Well, I mean, it, it, with everything going on right now, dude, it, it, you're not. It's not going to abate anytime soon. Uh, I'm, uh, it, there's going to be people who are looking for um, more concrete methods of of uh, collectability, especially as we're, we're getting close to the point where inflation is going to start kicking in harder. So, like I'm already seeing. I'm, I've been ta- I've been listening to stuff about uh, the the economy and shit, and hearing about. Uh, um, there are some kind of uh, building materials that are starting to jump up in price to the point where, like, buying entire sheets of like plywood. specific types of lumber is, is fucking ridiculous. Plywood is at like thirty bucks a sheet right now. Yeah, it's fucking insane. Yeah, it's been like that. That's the problem. And here's the like, here's the fucked up problem. So, um, I've been kind of following like the housing stuff. I don't know why. I don't know why I got sucked into this. So. You know how they put the rent moratorium on, where they're not collecting rent or whatever? Like, they can't, right. they can't collect rent, they can't kick you out. Once all of that stuff ends, you have to pay all that back. Like, and people have been using their stimulus checks to buy houses that are... So, like, my house, when I bought it, was, like, like one like 190 I think it was, or 180 And then we, you know, negotiations and stuff. But my house now would be worth two hundred and fifty thousand to somebody else right now because like people like people are overpaying and banks are giving out these shitty loans on on the on the people's stimulus checks that they got from moving out. So they're gonna be mo- they're gonna be owing all this money from moving out and they're paying a ridiculous interest rate or a ridiculous amount of money for a mortgage for a house that's not worth what it's worth. So this is 2008 all over again, and the reason that like and all new homes are shoot skyrocketing because of the building materials. So these people are building homes for higher cost because the materials are just costing more money, and they're not going to take a pay cut. So this bubble is going to burst again, and it's going to burst hard. And the people who who got sucked into whatever's happening right now are going to hurt the most. The people who have been around, like, I mean, if you own a home. You're going to get hit if you try to go turn around and flip and sell it. But if you're not moving anytime soon, it'll even itself back out. But once this bubble pops, it's just going to be like 2008 all over again. Oh, look, another recession out of fucking nowhere. Because we're still in the middle of the fucking third one. Well, I hate to say it, but the, this this Biden administration, we're going to get political right now. <laughs> this Biden administration. Warning, warning. Yeah, yeah. And don't take this the wrong way, because obviously, you know, we, we talked about the whole fuck Trump thing or I don't know. Well, I deleted all that shit anyway. But the, the they're printing money. The government right now 
under this administration is printing money and wants to do another round of stimulus checks, wants to give you your child tax credit in advance as like a monthly stipend. And they're talking about doing like a thousand or two thousand a month to families like per month as part of like the stimulus thing. And I'm thinking to myself and I'm like, you're spending all of this money and it's just going to plummet this economy. Because people are making more money sitting at home instead of going to work. So when these jobs need to be filled, nobody's going to want to get them filled because you're paying them. And then what happens? Like, it, it's everyone just... Buy, everyone buys crypto. That's what happens. Well, every crypto is going insane right now. But there's some crypto that's just... It plummeted out of nowhere because... Um, I, I mean, I can't really get into it because I don't really know a whole shit ton about crypto. But... Um, like Bitcoin took a huge hit because somebody, I think it was like uh, Amazon or Tesla. Tesla sold a whole bunch of Bitcoin just to show liquidity in there or like cash for the company. And Tesla sold it. It wasn't Elon Musk. And it plummeted like 10 grand in Bitcoin, which killed all the other Bitcoin. And then there's other Bitcoin out there right now, like um was it Safe Moon? I think it was called, which was what they call pump and dumps, where people they try to get you in and get you in, get you in, and then all the big holders sell all their shit off, which is what happens to Dogecoin, like the whole meme coin. So it's it's horribly volatile compared to like the stock market right now. So it's just it the whole thing is fucked up. So like financially, like if you're not set right now. Like, you, you should be thinking about some shit. <laughs> or selling your collections. Sell me your collections. <laughs> so. turn, uh, turn that into concrete instead of liquid. That's what you got to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, that makes sense, dude. Like, people are, people are doing what they, they did back in, 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 the not, in the aughts because... When when the first recession hit, all of those fucking sell your cash for sell your gold for cash, uh, fucking uh, commercials started popping up out of nowhere. Yeah. People are buying into precious metals again, even though I think gold really isn't going up. Gold and silver aren't really going up right now. Right, but right. like they're more stable than the fucking uh, the U.S. dollar is. Yep, gold and, and silver aren't dropping. It is likely that shit's not going to be worth. Is not even going to be worth the squirt of piss in the rain eventually. Yeah. Oh, I guess we should throw a disclaimer. We're not financial advisors, and uh, whatever we say, don't listen to half the shit we talk about. <laughs> it's just speculation. <laughs> I mean, if you listen to some of these podcasts, like, um, what is it? Birch Gold is the new thing where you can uh, back your IRA against precious metals. Like, okay, so gold and silver, you're like, it's not increasing in price, but it's not dropping in price. So it's like the safest thing you could do right now. But how many people are going and buying gold, going and buying silver? And then when, when this whole thing happens again, are you going to turn around and sell it all? Or are you going to hold on to it in hopes that the price increases? It's just, I mean, the whole thing's just, it's scary because well, the people who see it coming and the people who lived through 2008 know what's about to happen and have probably already set themselves up as opposed to the people who are just doing stuff like I'm buying this and I'm buying that and realizing that they're going to fuck up their whole life here in like a couple years. <laughs> well, you also have companies that you wouldn't expect getting into that alternative uh, investment scenarios. 
uh, fucking Watsy decided, and uh, yeah, this ties back into gaming. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's going to be a lot of big words I'm about to throw out, and I'm going to sound like a complete fucking idiot. But as we said before, don't take anything we say as as law and or any tips because we are not any kind of financial advisors, and we don't even know what the fuck we're doing half the time. So don't <laughs> do that. Uh, to be anyway. fa- to be completely clear, whatever we're talking about, ha- I guarantee neither one of us are invested in. <laughs> So well, the only thing I'm we're invested, invested in is cardboard. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not invested in NFTs. Anybody who doesn't know what an NFT is, an NFT is a non-fungible token. It is a unique, I guess the word would be a unique object that is invested in. And Watsi is plan- is contemplating getting into NFTs. Now, when I heard when I heard that, because the, the ter- I've never heard, I've heard the term fungible once in my life. I don't study those big words that way, but I guess non-fungible means it's an extremely unique object. And it's usually in reference to NFTs, it's usually a digital thing. So think of like you're investing in a unique piece of art. So basically it was explained to me, it's just another way of money laundering. But I mean, look at anything that you do with uh, stock marketing or, you know, short short investments, that kind of shit. That's all just money laundering with, with, with a nice little bow on top of it. So that's what that is, and I guess that Watsi is contemplating doing that, which is confusing as shit. But I mean, I guess when you're dealing in the stuff that they deal in, it's probably not a far cry to go and say, "Hey, we have these artists that we can make, you know, make unique art pieces, and we can sell it." I don't so know. It's non, weird. Non the you you kind of basically explained it. Um, here's my understanding of it. So a non-fungible token is a digital piece of art that gets created. And it short, the non-fungible token, NFT for short. We'll just call it NFTs from now on. Um, it's a digital piece of art, and then the creator can auction it off or set a price for it. So say I take our podcast logo, which is kind of a joke that I ran past my crypto guy. Um, I, create, I turn our logo into an NFT, I create, say, 50 NFTs of this, 50 copies of it, so I can give it to 50 people. So it's kind of unique, but not completely, like, um, like flooded, right? So now, say that value is, I don't know, a thousand dollars per, uh, per copy of our logo, right? So the value can go up on that if all 50 people hold on to that the value can be more expensive depending on the supply and demand of it type thing. If they turn around and sell it, the you can set it up where a portion of the, the amount that they sold it for comes back to you. So say somebody really, like, we blow up out of nowhere, we turn into more popular than Joe Rogan, and everybody wants a piece of us, right? And we sold those tokens for $1,000, and now they're worth a million dollars. Well, you can set it up where you could take a percentage, like say 20% after the person sells it, that's what you get in return. And they've sold it for a million dollars, right? That money comes back to us. This is all done on the same blockchain that cryptocurrency is on. So it's not regulated by anybody. It's tradable and sellable like a cryptocurrency, but the value is determined by the people who want it or the people who sell it. If that makes any sense. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's just, it's like a digital art currency. It's like, it's trading cards. It's digital cards. That's what it is. 
So, like, um, my, my fat Pikachu. To me, right now, it's not worth anything until I sell it, right? So I picked it up out of a box that I bought for 40 bucks. So for me to turn around and sell it for the $385, that's the value I'd get. But say I want to trade it for more cards, right? So I take it and trade it, and then we're, the trade value on that is the 385 but I'm getting other things in return for it. It's like it's basically trading cards, but you're trading crypto. Crypto or monetary value. That's the, I mean, that's the best way I can explain it. Um, I'm sure it's Quiggles. Here you are again, Quiggles, all famous. I'm sure he, after he listens to this podcast, he'll hit me up and be like, uh, you nailed it on the head or you were a completely fucking idiot and give me the whole rundown, which I'll <laughs> re-explain later. <laughs> but I don't know. There's big people moving into NFTs. Um, the whole Logan Paul thing during the Pokemon thing where he sold his NFT for a million dollars is only one. There's another guy that's doing NFTs, but he's attaching uh, to those NFTs a um, QR code, which gives you access to his private Discord server. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Mark Cuban has been buying NFTs and talking about NFTs. You've got Gary V. It's something that people are pushing, but I don't think people are ready for it. So it's like basically people who have money right now are the ones buying them and getting into them. I don't know any small time people going into NFTs right now. No, but I know a lot of people doing crypto <laughs> facts, but I think crypto became a hobby during the pandemic, just like everything else, just like the stock market well, the re- with the whole game. Isn't that the reason why it spiked? Yeah, because you got more people involved in it now, but Here's right. the problem with it. The more people you have involved, the less knowledgeable people are and more like likely they are to do stupid moves. So, well, if you're OK, so so from a, from a novice or a fucking amateur, let's stick with it. Yeah, um, I don't use anything beyond uh, PayPal to do it for, for me personally. And they only have three uh, cryptos available to trade through, which is. Bitcoin, dollar, Bitcoin, and Ethereum, mm-hmm. which is fine. I mean, it's not like I'm going far into it, and Ethereum right now is pretty steady. Right. But, like, like that. if I had to make any suggestion, and, again, still not financial advisors, make sure that if you're a beginner and you're doing this shit, to have all your ducks in a row and to, and to look into the stuff before you start, like, Heavy investing, like I'm not heavy investing. I've got like a couple bucks tied into both, into two two of the three, and like I don't care if I make any real money on it. I just want to do it out of whimsy because I had an extra dollar to throw into it. Uh, my my recommendation, and I will, I guarantee, uh, Quiggles will agree with me, is to take it out of PayPal, and if you're doing it on Robinhood, take it away from Robinhood. Because you don't actually own the currency, you're just owning paper contracts like stocks at that point. They're not, in, they're, you're not actually buying the crypto. If you go into apps like Coinbase, um, and then there's another one, Coinbase and something else. I can't remember the other one, but Coinbase is the one that a lot of people have been pushing lately. Those, you actually own the crypto, and you can trade the crypto through there. And it go, you can trade it and you can convert it into other crypto you can move it around. There's actually, um, man, I gotta get I gotta get Quiggles on here to like to have that full blown crypto podcast. But 
he he he's there's ways where you can take loans against your crypto. It's it's kind of cool. Like there's a whole intricate thing into it, but for Coinbase you actually own your tokens. PayPal and Robinhood you own paper contracts like stocks. Like you don't physically own the stocks, you just own paper contracts to the stocks. So the sure. the Bitcoin that you the Bitcoin and Ethereum that you have on PayPal, you can't technically transfer that coin or pay for that coin. You just own like a stock version of that coin. With Coinbase, you can actually use it like a currency. It's kind of neat. Yeah, there's, there's just so much like there's just so much and like I, when I keep saying <laughs> when I keep talking about Quigley or Quiggles. He, this guy has been telling me about XRP and just telling me about crypto, and I have never pulled the trigger one time on crypto. And this guy is like set up to be the first billionaire I'm ever gonna know. Like this dude is set up. He's like from day one, the second something like exploded, like when XRP hit like a dollar. If it hits, if it ever hits ten dollars, this man's a fucking billionaire. <laughs> He's gonna buy his own private island. <laughs> so. Man, he's just been doing it for so long, and he studied it for so long, and he like he's probably the closest to an expert in the field that I know, outside of like mining it himself, if that makes any sense. Hello? Did we? Lose I'm still you? here. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were done at that point because I figured no. we had to keep we had to move on eventually. Oh yeah, we're gonna move on eventually. Uh, we can move on right now. Because Quiggle's gonna listen to this, and he's gonna fucking blow up my phone in the next three days. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be under the knife, and he'll be fucking texting me like, "You got half this shit wrong." <laughs> uh, so there, there's been some announcements. Uh, actually, the last three things we have are announcements because I wanted to save. Actually, four things. Uh, I wanted to save a couple of topics for Lando. Because Lando had some strong opinions on it, and he's not here right now. So I kind of want him to jump in on those last two topics. But um, Blood Bowl 3 is getting announced for all platforms. And if you know anything about the Warhammer games, they are really fucking good. For PC, um, they're coming to Switch, like PS4. Like The cool thing is the Switch, honestly... Because to see those games come to the Switch is phenomenal because I, you can play it on the move now. So Blood Bowl 3 is coming. It's, I'm super hyped for it. Um, I've only played a couple of the other Blood Bowl games on like Xbox, and they're super fun. Um, what's the other one? Since we're talking about Switch, the Mario Party finally got a free update where... Was it Mario Party? You can play it online now, and they added was it like I think fifty new mini games. Yeah, it sounds about right. Something like that. Yeah, they added like fifty new mini games, and you can play online. The only thing that I'm nervous about is Mario Party games tend to be timed, and there is a shit ton of lag on the online, depending on like who you're playing against. So, uh, I mean, I guess make sure that your, your shit's hard lined in and you're, <laughs> and you're not playing like wirelessly, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't know. I have any advice on that. I haven't picked up the Mario Party game either. 
um, because I have a bunch of other party games. But, I mean, this is good because you don't have to be in person, but this is a little bit too late because the game's been out for, what, four years now? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Th yeah, about, th about three or four years. Yeah. So three or four years later, we finally get an online version, and the pandemic is starting to peter down. <laughs> So more people are able to get together with each other. So this is just terrible timing by Nintendo, in my opinion. So, I mean, I guess it had to be eh. done, right? <laughs> it had to be done. Well, as somebody who still plays the the Switch Mario Party game, it's nice to see any kind of content. Like, even with, uh, like, uh, going back to... Uh, Mario Maker 2 when they put that last huge update out that gave the game even more fucking playability and and more tools to play around with like those were all welcome things and they were all free so it was really hard not to appreciate what they're giving out at that point oh man Nintendo has been really good about free content for their main main title games I think the only one that you had to pay for was Legend of Zelda right no. Did you? Are you talking? Are you talking about Breath of the Wild? Yeah, like yeah. you had to pay for those DLC. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the Breath of the Wild DLC was the only one I think I remember having to pay for. Everything else, like they've pretty much rolled. Well, I guess Smash. Smash doesn't count. Because Smash, they went to a fighter pass system, like every other fucking fighting game in the existence of man. By the way, have you seen the new Mortal Kombat? The movie? No, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I almost got HBO to watch it because I keep getting mixed reviews on it, but it's not that important to me, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could go to the movie theater or try to find it for free somewhere, but um, supposedly they did a really good job with, I guess Scorpion was the main character. Maybe? They did a really good job with Scorpion's story, and there was something else I heard they did a really good job with. But other than that, like, I've heard, like, mixed reviews on it. Like, it's, this is not good, and this is great, and then there's people comparing it to the old Mortal Kombat movies, which at this point are laughable, but they were good for their time, at least. Maybe not the second one. The first one I'll give you. The second one I won't give you. <laughs> the second one they replaced, like, the whole fucking cast. <laughs> Fair enough. You got no no statement on those. <laughs> well, again, I have no bullets in my gun because I haven't fucking watched the movie, yeah, and I hadn't really had an interest in watching the movie because I watch I watched my favorite Mortal Kombat movie already, and I I see no reason to, you know, go any further if I don't need to. Yeah, well, and you'll agree with me because the first Mortal Kombat movie was cheesy as fuck, but it was great. Yeah, but it was good because that we were kids at the time, and we were like, yeah, Mortal Kombat. Just like, if you go back and watch The Crow now, The Crow is cringy as fuck. <laughs> I and yet, wait. people still wear that and wear that makeup, so what are you going to oh, do? Man. I think my first rated R movie was uh, City of The Crow, City of Angels, which was, I think, was the second one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um... I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of DLC, though, we have a Streets of Rage 4 DLC, um, which you kindly 
threw back at me because I was like, why is that character not in it? And apparently he didn't show up until two, but he was a boss in this version. So one of the, so the, some of the unlockable characters that you can get in the game are the or revi- are the old sprites from previous uh, Streets of Rage games. Like they have the original uh, three characters from the first Streets of Rage. You have um, Axel, Axel, Adam, and uh, Blaze. And then for the second from the second game, you get access to Max, Skate, and I think you get access to Axel. And then I think they had like two characters from Streets of Rage three. So you get a lot of extra unlockables. In addition to you get, you know, Adam, the you get actual Adam with the new updated sprite for the new game as well. And now they're at then then they added in the that that one police officer boss lady as part of the what is it called the Mister X Nightmare DLC. Yeah. And I guess Max Max because Max is a. Uh, He's being mind controlled, and you fight him in a in a in a wrestling ring. Spoilers, by the way. Um, <laughs> so they actually put him as a real uh, DLC playable character, and he looks fucking raw. I love it. Yeah, that's why I was I was like, man, I remember Max because I think I swear I remember playing him in like older versions because I always thought he, I just called him the wrestler because he's a, a fucking wrestler. <laughs> so I, I wasn't like when you told me that he was being released as the DLC, and I looked at the thing, I was like. He's not in the game. I'm confused. And then, I mean, you went through the whole spiel with me with the, the boss battle and stuff like that. But I was like, man, a game yet I still have yet not to pick up. <laughs> Even though I said last time I was going to pick it up, um, I haven't done it yet. So, well, and the, yeah. they they have yet to fill out the very last uh, DLC silhouette, but I can already tell you who it probably is. So. It looks like it's going to be Shiva, which is the uh, he was the, the 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 penultimate boss in uh, Streets of Rage two. He was also a random boss in Streets of Rage three. Um, he was in the storyline for Streets of for the new Streets of Rage, but he wasn't he didn't you didn't have to fight him. He was just somebody you ended up talking to at some point. So that's my guess is Shiva is going to be the final character. And he's actually a pretty cool character. Um because you can unlock in, in Streets of Rage three when you were playing through, and you can actually unlock him as a playable character. So it, it'll be kind of nice to see if they actually follow through on that, or if they pick because they're not going to pick Doctor Zan because Doctor Zan is bald and the silhouette looks like it's got hair. Unless they're doing something asinine where like they're making like a flame impression in the background, and Doctor Zan's going to be in there. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. The game's pretty fucking cool and it's fleshed out pretty nicely. If they're adding another campaign and putting more characters in, I'm not going to argue with it. So. That means I get to play again with Orlando, and I'm not going to complain. It'd be nice if they added a little bit more player support. Like, it'd be nice if I could have, you know, field four people in my game instead of two when I'm playing in fucking internet mode, but eh, whatever. Yeah, when you guys told me that last time, I was like, eh? What do you mean? <laughs> I didn't realize you could only put two people. Why? Is there a reason why they did two people? Did they ever say anything about it? Internet latency, I'd imagine. They want... They- the problem with Streets of Rage is, is they want people to play locally. And, like, the game came out right at the beginning of COVID. And no. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. <laughs> people were not interested in that bullshit. 
Yeah, fantastic. Speaking of, I almost picked up Scott Pilgrim the other day, because or not the other day, like last week, because I didn't realize this, but it was under the indie title with the indie sale that was going on with Nintendo. And I just forgot about it. And it was like it was on sale for like I think fourteen bucks or something like that. Something ridiculous. I don't remember. Anyway. Yeah, I looked I looked through it and then I turned it off right away because it was just I was starting to fill up a cart and I was like, ah, I'm not spending that money. <laughs> so um Okay. I guess this is our big topic for the night. Um is the new May Overwatch skin. So Twitter apparently went on fire today because Blizzard announced a new skin for May from Overwatch. Now, May is that lovable waifu-style character that goes around freezing everybody, and her new, uh, her new skin is called M.M. May. So it's supposed to be like an MMA like character. Well, they gave this they gave May like cornrows, like tightly wrapped cornrows. And the whole fucking internet went nuts saying like you're you know, you're misappropriating culture because she's white and everyone's like trying to reskin her to be, you know, uh black. And I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm like, this makes no fucking sense. Because the whole thing... Okay, if you've ever watched an MMA fight, you know that the women braid their hair super fucking tight so it doesn't leave their heads. Like, it doesn't get in their face. Like, they can fight. It's, like, there's nothing to grab onto. Like, they they literally have cornrow braided hair during the fight. So the whole, like, MMA is supposed to be MMA, to a reference to it, and they did it because it's supposed to be MMA related. They didn't do it because they were appropriating a fucking hairstyle. Like, I don't like what? <laughs> I don't get it. Like, there's some people that are hype and then there's some people that are like Blizzard missed the mark. Like, they're just doing this because like like it should have been a, like they should have just given her regular hair. It could have been so easy. But I like, dude, they're literally referencing MMA, <laughs> literally referencing the women that fight in a cage that wear their hair like that. Like, they're not doing it to be, like, fucking racist. Yeah, Overwatch gave May cornrows right after they served us colon, uh, coloni- uh, was it colonizer skins. I'm like, I, I don't get it. I do not get what the fuck is going on. Like, it makes no fucking sense to me. <clears throat> it's outrage culture. What the fuck do you need to know? Yeah, but they literally looked at the hair and then didn't think to do any, like, fucking research. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you're telling me these people do not know what women fighting in the UFC look like? Is that what you're telling me? (laughs) Every female fighter has their hair in that style. (laughs) It makes no fucking sense. Oh, like you're canceling the wrong fucking thing. You're just trying to do, you're doing too much, too much. Like, stop. (laughs) Oh, I'm trying to like, who else? Something else happened with somebody else trying to get canceled that fucking flopped hard. 
I don't even know. I don't pay that much attention. It just pisses me off that people couldn't do the simple research of looking up, uh, looking up what fucking female UFC fighters or cage fighters look like in a time, like in this time, and telling me that are you are you telling me that these women are appropriating their hair just to get into a cage and fight? Because I bet you you ask any single one of those fucking women and they'll tell you you're fucking stupid. I managed not to say the R word this. Should I, should I fuck it up? Should I fuck it up? <laughs> I'm not going to stop you if you do. What, what, what the fuck do I care? Yeah. Also true. Oh, my God. Well, do you have anything else to add? Because that was the amount of bullshit that just kind of threw me over the edge. I get it, and you have every right to be fucking flipped out about it because it is stupid, but, like, it, this happens so often now, I'm just kind of numb to it. So, like, if yeah. it's not one fucking thing, it's another. Like, what was it, like, three or four years ago where that one girl was wearing a kimono for a fucking prom, and she got fucking dragged on the internet because they said it was cultural appropriation because she was white wearing a kimono, and most of the fucking people who were Asian who were responding to it basically said we don't care it looks good why would we care it's like this shit yeah. this, this is not the first time this shit has happened and it probably won't be the last time because people just have to be outraged they just gotta be angry about fucking everything because life's just too fucking good and they can't think of a reason they can't think of anything better to do with their fucking time other than twiddle their thumbs and be covid locked down <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's how it's turning out to be like you have to find a reason to be fucking a, re- a reason to be outraged about everything. And that's what it is. I'm actually shocked. Like we haven't had more D and D and more like magic, the gathering outrage, but it's coming. Once, once magic events start opening back up, I guarantee we're going to start getting the outrage crowd again. So I just don't care. Like, the, here's how you here's how you circumvent this. Here's a little tip from me, and this has nothing to do with uh, economics or, or trading. So I can definitely say this with relative confidence. The people out there, if you have something that you enjoy, don't worry about the fucking global market attached to it. Yeah. If there's a global fandom attached to it, and they're being loud about something that you don't give a shit about, let them be loud about it and fucking ignore them, because in most cases. They're not going to affect what you do with your group of people that you do this stuff with. There's no real bleed over in the local groups. This stuff happens regionally, and if you ignore it and you don't let it permeate what you do with your hobbies or the things that make you happy, it's not going to. It only affects those people who pay attention to it and react to it. It, It's. I'm sorry. to, to, To quote The Simpsons, just don't look at it. Don't look. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's you're wasting your fucking energy giving these people the attention that they want. Here's Don't. here's here's what I have to say about it. And it's I guess like I'm I you know I'm not really I, I can't say I'm part of the problem, I guess. The people who are like trying to do something. Like I ran into this problem on TikTok. Somebody uh, was saying that, you know, they wanted to be have a more diverse community. It was a female, they wanted to be more inclusive. And stuff like that. We don't have a lot of female people in the Warhammer community. Like, 
at least in my local Warhammer community. And what happens is, just like every other hobby, magic included, where people treat women or, like, new people like assholes. So it's not my fight, right? So I'm not going to say, hey, keep the politics out of it, because I don't, you know, it doesn't bother me. It's like, if you play my hobby, I want to play with you. Like, I want, like, I'm going to be inclusive because it's something I enjoy, and you clearly enjoy it, too. And if you want to learn about it, what's, what's stopping me from teaching you? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter, like, that, like, that's why I say, like, I'd rather act on it than say it, because it does a disservice to whatever movement people are trying to do. Now, if you're forcing it in people's faces, that's a whole different story. But if you're the person that comes out and speaks, like, don't put the politics, well, I mean, we say it, I, me, Drew, we, we both say it all the time, but we're talking about actual politics, politics. But if you, if you come out of nowhere and people are saying, hey, I want to get more women into this hobby, I want to be more inclusive, and your first response is keep the politics out of it, I didn't know being inclusive and getting people involved in the hobby was political. Like, you should want more people in your hobby because then you get more support for the games that you love. Like, that's just how it works. <laughs> you know what I mean? And nobody said anything political. Nobody was saying, like, I specifically want this race, gender, gender identity, whatever, it, I, I'm, I'm focusing on these people specifically. It's a broad. I want to be inclusive, and I want more. And I want you know to get more people into this hobby. Okay, cool. You're not gatekeeping, but if you if your response to that is keep the politics out of it, dude, just don't even say anything. <laughs> it's not your fight. Like if if it, if you're not gatekeeping people out of the community, why does it affect you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, if they were like you know they were bringing actual politics into it. Like I fucking hate Biden and you know, Trump this and Trump that that's a whole nother story. That's physical politics. You're trying to drag into my hobby that I will not stand for. You can go fuck yourself on that. Like I'm here to play a game that I enjoy. I don't want, like I'm doing it to get away from the real world. Keep that shit out of here. <laughs> but if, if it, it's well, really that, that pendulum swings both ways, dude, it's like, uh, it's like any politics, any like anything that's con that has that level of controversy that's going to put a fucking speed bump in what we're doing like that shit we we, we shouldn't have to deal with that at all because yeah, like I, I, I will, I, that'll be my mantra until I, and it'll be my fucking gravestone don't make my fucking night about it right but see there's a difference between wanting to include people and shoving politics you know what i'm saying well, it, it's it goes hand in hand, and when a person it, when a po person starts injecting their politics into it, right? Like like offhanded comments, I don't give a shit. People can say whatever the fuck they want. When it becomes a conversation unto itself, right? And it derails the the trajectory of the night, then it ceases to be something that's just a wisecrack or an off comment, and is now turning into a entire, you know you know fucking uh annex uh, learning annex about and i don't want to fucking have to deal with that shit no like that i understand but if okay say, say we're all at a game store right and somebody wanted to join our pod like we'll say a, a girl a new girl wanted to join our pod and she didn't know how to play and we're like hey you know sit down and play and somebody threw a big fit about it and was like i don't want like she doesn't know what she's doing she doesn't know this she doesn't know that even if she was a veteran magic player and she just was trying to get into edh like, 
I, like, I don't see the a point of shunning somebody away from a table. Do you know what I'm saying? That's the kind of stuff that I have a problem with. That's the kind of the inclusion like thing. Like if somebody comes over and is like, hey, like what's this? I want to check this out. Starts asking questions. Like I have no problem explaining to them. But the people that are like, you know, get the fuck away from my table and are being like rude about it. That's what I have a problem with. And that's not even a political thing. That's just literally a hobby thing. And that makes perfect sense. You ain't going to hear me argue. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. I probably just went about a roundabout way of saying it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's, yeah. I don't know. I, I got you, dude. You, you you're on the same page here. Yeah, exactly. I, if you're if you're strictly gatekeeping, and your gatekeeping is tied to your politics, that's a fucking problem. <laughs> but if you're if if like you know what I'm saying like but if you're just there to have fun, then it, your politics don't fucking matter. Like they just don't. It doesn't. <laughs> so. Um. I want to point out, too, on Magic Arena, I hate that Zenith card. Zenith of something where it does damage to the amount of cards in your discard in your graveyard. Zenith Flare. Yeah, I fucking hate that card. Cycling's been a huge problem in Standard. Uh, cycling on top of Demir Rogues. I literally have to leave mana up to, to stop the Zenith Flare. I hate that card. I hate that card with a passion. So, so much passion. <laughs> that and the fucking eliminates. I swear to God, I draw another uh, eliminate in the fucking mythical archive cards, and I'm going to collect every single one and burn them all. So if you got one, <laughs> keep it safe, because I'm coming for it. <laughs> I don't think I have any mythical archive versions of that, so I'm fine. I'll give you one, because I have plenty now. <laughs> Whatever's clever, dude. Yeah. All right. I guess we'll move into our new last segment that I want to do. And we'll call this the card of the week. And Drew doesn't know what it is yet. And I didn't know what it was until about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> but I'm calling this week's card of the week Tefiri Mage of Zalfir. He's a legendary creature, human wizard. For three blue and two colorless, he's a 3-4 creature, and he has flash and creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield have flash. Each opponent can cast spells only any time they could cast a sorcery spell. So you can only cast spells during your turn, and you can... Okay, not you. Your opponent. Your opponents can't really react to you, and you can flash in creature cards on anybody, like any time from your like graveyard or from your hand. They just can't be on the battlefield. I think he's a cool card, like a cool card. He make a great commander. I've seen some commander decks around him, and he is our card of the week. You got anything else to say on him? You have any lore on him? Um, not that wouldn't be an entire episode of this show unto itself, no. <laughs> Man, we could just do a whole episode on MTG lore. Maybe we should start doing that. Add, like, a segment in and do, like, half a lore. Like, this is part one of this Planeswalker. <laughs> nah, I'd rather be nice and do something nice for Perp and just 
say, if you have any lore questions about Teferi, oh, yeah. I would direct you, you to uh, Perp's channel. He has three channels. There's the Down the Hatch channel. There is his Magic Historian channel. And then there is Fantasy Geographique. And that is the one that he uses for his magic lore. Yeah. Okay. So and look, he does have an entire series on Teferi. So. Fantastic. There you go. Go check out Perp and the Magic Historian on his, what was the name of the channel? Fantasy Geographique. Yeah. I don't follow that one. I should probably follow that one. Hmm. Maybe we'll link it up this time. How about that? We'll link it on the Facebook page so people can go find it and check it out. I'll leave that to you, Drew. Yeah, just search, just search on YouTube. You'll find it. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I didn't even know about the... What was the other one you said? The drunken one? The drinking one? Down the Hatch? Uh, it's called Down, Down the Hatch. It's a separate channel that he does for, like, he'll eat random food. Oh. <laughs> and it's no, it's not mukbang. It's just he finds random snacks from different areas that people send him and he eats them. <laughs> I need to uh, for some reason I feel like I need to follow this channel. <laughs> oh man. All right, well if you want to pick up your own Teferi card, he was reprinted in Time Spiral Remastered. He's a really cheap card. Go check out our TCG player affiliate link. Pick yourself up a copy. I noticed the after the uh, we announced that combo, I don't don't think we have anything to do with this. But after we announced the combo from last week, those cards ended up being sold out on TCG Player this week. Um, I do not think we had anything to do with that. <laughs> but it was kind of cool that after we said something that you could no longer get the cards. <laughs> like, they were completely out of stock. So, which I think is hilarious because everybody's been buying Strixhaven. I just don't know why anybody's not selling it. Uh, oh, and... Uh we should have the uh, the quote unquote interview for uh, Commander's Quarters up soon. Yeah, I totally forgot to work on that. I get any of those questions and answers again. By the way, <laughs> I'll, I'll resend them to you, and I'll even break them down into chunks, so that way you can kind of stitch them together into an actual interview. Yeah, I think I'm. I can do typing and stuff. Like next week is going to be pretty weird for me. So, yeah, it is. It should be fun. Yeah, maybe I'll get maybe I'll try to do it on Monday before the to try to get my mind off the surgery. So But yeah, check out our TCG player store, buy our merch, check out our merch on the Facebook page and find us on all the social medias. Twitter, Facebook, you can find Drew at Punk Toast, uh Orlando when he's here at Ragnarok Night. <laughs> He, he had an issue this week where uh, his internet lines literally fell off of his apartment building. So <laughs> that's why he wasn't here. <laughs> it wasn't sleep-related this time. Yeah, it wasn't sleep-related. <laughs> we caught him awake. <laughs> uh, yeah, other than that, remember, stay sexy and go fuck yourselves. <laughs>